Blue Wire. Think about Lois. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Elliott. Dodge the eye of this national championship win. A deep throw by Lawrence. A lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. Welcome into episode 161 of Press Pass. Kayla Anderson here with my friend, my co-host, Joshua Perry. We've got another week of Press Pass and another week of a non-season episode. But we have plenty to talk about, Joshua. First and foremost, how are you doing? How's the new house? And I'm assuming that Whole Foods is not open yet. I'm going to be asking you it's this not. on every podcast. It opens <laughs> April 27th. So I got you a date. I needed to find out you when it was going to be open. It's not, okay. not quite yet. Um, okay, things are, okay. I mean, it's coming along. It, it is like we got most of, I would say 99% of things unpacked. And now I'm just like, nice. you know, putting together stuff. We're waiting, of course, like everybody else in America who has ordered furniture in the oh. last year. We're waiting for a couch and some bar stools to come. But outside of that, like, we're good. You were talking about furniture. We had that same situation. We ordered a couch back in October. And um, no, I'm sorry. We ordered a couch back in like August. It was supposed to come in October. It never Mm. came. And then we kind of got busy with the holidays, and I had a lot of family stuff that I dealt with this past winter. And then all of a sudden, we realized it never came. And so (laughs) we we looked at the – because we were getting it actually from – I think it was Ashley Furniture or something. Mm -hmm. And we realized that they had pushed it all the way to January at that point. And we pretty much said, we're done. Like, we're not waiting anymore because I think that it was going to keep on being pushed back. So we actually went to Costco. Believe it or not, they've got really great, like, choices. They've got great everything. Like, this is no shock to me. No shock. And so we've got this nice, huge couch that if Travis ever uh, gets in trouble, he could sleep on it, you know, because it's it's big enough. No, but but it is nice because I can kick my feet up. and it's comfortable, and really, the price wasn't wasn't bad. So, folks, if you don't want to wait around for your furniture, just go to Costco. This is a free ad yeah. for Costco. Right That's there. what we should have done. Uh, <laughs> but you know, my, you'll get it. My wife is bougie, and she wanted That's something right. a little different. Yeah, I know it is. All That's right, all right. Then, you know, now we're I, sitting here waiting. Yeah, but, well, uh, it should be. I would think that the furniture companies are are getting their things going again here. I I feel like. You'll have it in downtown. Yeah, I don't know what part of the supply chain it, it is right now. If yeah. it's, um, I don't know if it's a uh, materials issue, if it's a manufacturing issue, or if it's a uh, logistics issue right now. It's probably a little bit of everything, to tell you the truth. I think but, so. But uh, I know, like the like for materials, like lumber's back down, which is good. That's good. Yep. Um, I know logistics has just been a, a huge problem still, though. Oh yeah, um, logistics with furniture with uh produce and then just the airlines don't even get me started that's a whole that's a whole nother story uh for maybe we'll rip on uh the airlines in our next podcast because i know probably everyone can relate to that so anyway i'll check in with you after april 27th 
to see how your Whole Foods experience Yeah, hopefully went. it's actually open. Yeah, exactly. So Joshua, let's start with one of our favorite people. Um, and I'm saying hmm. a lot of sarcasm because he just seems to not be able to get out of his own way at this point. And what he said this past week um, on ESPN, it, it was not a good look. And usually it thinks he does, doesn't look good in the end, but he seemed <laughs> care, Joshua. And, and he not only talked about, you know, how he's against the NIL, but he's against the transfer portal. He thinks college uh, football right now is just in a bad place and it's going to end up blowing up. And I'm going to say a, t- a quote here from him and then I want you to react. And this is specifically on the NIL situation. He says, quote, um, there are no rules, no guidance, no nothing. It's out of control. It's not sustainable. It's an absolute mess and a train wreck. And kids are going to be the ones who suffer in the end. They are going, they're going to be a lot of kids that end up with no grease and make bad decisions. Um, I just, I don't know what to say to that, Joshua. It, it doesn't look like he has a lot of faith in 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 the young uh, young man. No, which is crazy. Like you recruit these guys, but you also don't think that they can make decisions for yeah. themselves like adults, which is totally fine. Like just tell the truth about it. Say say what you want to say on that topic. Um, second off, there's no rules about how much coaches can be paid, and there's no guardrails on that, Mister Ten Million Dollars a Year. Exactly. And I don't see you whining and crying and pissing and moaning about that, do I? No. So let's let's not play that game. Um, it's not sustainable. That's totally fine. If it's not sustainable, let it flame out, and then we're back to normal. See, you're you're worried that it is sustainable. Yeah. You're worried that these yep. kids are going to continue to to have power over their journeys, and you can't control them the way that you used to, buddy. Or maybe, yeah, Dabo, you're upset that everybody's cheating over the table instead of under the table, <laughs> like the rumors say about Clemson. And this isn't me saying I know anything about any rumors. Right, I'm just right. saying like. It's ridiculous when I, I hear a coach, like coaches, and I talk to, to them about this, they're obviously, they don't love what's happening in college football right now. It is yeah. making their jobs more difficult. Sure. They, they have to sift through a lot more issues than they used to. Mm-hmm. But the best coaches in the game, and those include the likes of Nick Saban, Luke Fickle, Ryan Day, uh, Jimbo Fisher, they figure out how to adapt to this. They figure out, okay, so what we're going to need to do is we're going to need to stay ahead of this NIL thing. Yep. And then the other thing we're going to need to do is actually get to know these kids. And we're going to need to right. vet these kids. And we're going to need to get these kids to trust us. So they come here, regardless of somebody who's trying to sit a, a pile of money in front of them that doesn't actually give a damn about them. And maybe Dabo's not interested in doing the work like that. Because in the old paradigm, Dabo, oh, I can just, you know, have a bunch of good players, build a program. I can keep recruiting cats. Don't necessarily have to work as hard at it. Um, I don't have nearly as many headaches as, you know, in the old system than to what I have now. Maybe I don't have to get to know these kids, whatever the case is. But it just sounds like a bitter old dude. And before, Dabo's deal was, well, rules are rules. Yeah. at least with that, you can say, okay, here's a guy who has morals and he, he you know, he, he wants people to live up to what the code and the standard is. Right. I'll right. give you a, a shred of credit for that. Now you just sound like a crotchety old guy who doesn't <laughs> like change. And that makes me think that he's really not a great person if that's how he feels. Because 
at the end of the day, whether you agree with it or whether you disagree with it, whether you think it's a good thing, whether you think it's a bad thing, whether it makes yeah. your job easier, whether it makes your job harder, these, these kids are empowered now. Yeah. And these kids are able to have financial gains that hopefully can help them set a future for themselves. Whether they do that or not is totally up to them. The same way nobody's telling Dabo how to spend his own money. Yeah. And just because Dabo's 50 doesn't mean that he's better at spending money than an 18-year-old's going to be. Because I know a bunch of broke 50-year-olds that make a lot of money and know how to spend all of them at the same time, too. So all I'm saying is I can't stand the dude right now, and he needs to stop. Okay, so my whole thing on it is, and this is nothing new. We've been really saying this for a while now whenever we bring him up on our podcast is he just comes across to me as a complete absolute phony. And <laughs> I mean, I, I, it is, I, I just, I'm being honest. And, and really, I guess I'm looking at it as, um, let's say I was a, you know, a prospect coming out of high school and I had my choice of where I wanted to go and Clemson was in the mix. And I saw all this stuff that was going on and, you know, maybe he has a, in a great way of when he meets with those players one-on-one on selling them. And, and I'm not saying everything he does is phony. I, I don't know that. I'm just saying this is how it's perceived from me. I just feel like these, these kids at this point with all the stuff that he said, like they're pro in my opinion, I, I would want to go play for a guy like that. He's against everything that has really gone in your favor in the past couple of years. That's turning in the athlete's favor. And you're yeah. going to go put, Go play for a coach who's saying, I'm against all this pretty much. And then my other thing on all of this is Dabo pretty much said that Clemson will not use the transfer portal uh, uh, unless, Don't use it then. Right, unless we have a special need. And, and, and like if we need an offensive lineman and we'll go in and get it. Oh, how convenient, Dabo. Why, oh, no. should, why should what you guys do, uh, why should that have to be the standard for anybody else? Like the transfer portal is there to use. So people are going to use it as they please. And what you do with the transfer portal and what Clemson does with the transfer portal, like we don't care. He's always had this holier than thou. That's exactly. Attitude when it comes to coaching, like he's got it figured out and he can do it better than anyone else. And he's the moral high ground. Yeah. And that's just not the case. And like, this is just me speaking personally. I don't feel like I would ever send my kid to play for Dabo. And yeah. it's not because Dabo is a bad coach. Dabo is a phenomenal football coach. Dabo understands how to build a winning program. He understands how to build a winning culture. His players seem to do well in the pros. They seem to do well in life. I know a couple of guys that played for him that I respect to the yeah. end of this earth. Yeah. But just the way that he talks about the progressive nature mm -hmm. of collegiate athletics does not make me feel comfortable. I don't think I like that. I don't think I like how comfortable he is talking about it. No, no. And that's the other thing, too. It's like, and he's been on the wrong side of these things so many times. You remember when Dabo said, if collegiate players start getting paid, then he was just going to go to the NFL because it was going to yeah. be the same thing. Yeah. I bet you, I bet you right now we're going to call that bluff because there's not yeah. an NFL team that yeah. will pay him $10 million right now. And that's not to say that he's not a good coach. That's just to say what's reality. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like, could. I couldn't see him being in the NFL. I'm just going to say that right now. I mean, covering the NFL uh, for the last six years and seeing the different coaches and how and how they deal with players and 
I just don't think I could see Dabo being a, an NFL coach, at least a no. successful one, right? No. And and so this is where I'm at with him is I think this is fun to talk about. Um, I love an opportunity to, you know, <laughs> to talk a little <laughs> trash about Dabo's commentary. Um, I, I think he's going to, I think he's going to be able to continue to have success in the ACC. Mm -hmm. um, but I also just like, I hope that there are enough success stories with NIL that yeah. it changes his mind and he changes his tone. Or I hope he sees a story like a Jamison Williams, who is a transfer guy or a mm -hmm. Kenneth Walker. Ken Walker is getting ready yeah. to be probably a second round NFL yeah. draft pick, high second round pick. He transferred. I hope he looks at those stories and says, okay, these belong in college football. Yeah, that's a good way to put a positive spin on it for sure. You, you hope, like, if anything, he can open his eyes up and not be so against. I just think that's how it should be right now. Like, I yep. think he should have an open mind and let it play out. And you know what? Kids are going to F up. We we all F up at some point. But Every if anything, yeah, if anything, let them learn from it, right? If they go to the portal and, you know, they don't they don't get to play football, you know, that's their decision. And they're going to have to learn from it. And that's part of right. what we have to do to grow up. We all and go through things. That's the final thing I'll say on that is coaches love talking about how their players are men and they're yeah. young adults and they have to make adult decisions. But at the same time, they they say things that make us believe that they don't actually think that. Um, these young people can make grown-up decisions. And so as a part of being a coach, I understand is mentoring people and trying to protect them. But if you believe that these folks are adults, then you also need to believe that they have the decision-making paradigm that anybody else who's 18 or up should have. And so for them, that means taking the opportunity that is the best for them financially or taking the opportunity where they think that they have the best chance of developing and playing. And sometimes as an adult, we make mistakes on those types of decisions. I know plenty of people who went somewhere job-wise, thought the grass was greener on the other side, and it absolutely wasn't. But we don't hinder them from taking those opportunities. We let them learn from it, and that's a part of adulthood. Yeah, no, it is. So with that, uh, we'll see if he can maybe open his mind up a little bit more. I just think it comes down to him not having all the power. I think that's what that's, it really It's a power right? grab. And it's, it's a, a power shame. grab, yeah. So, um, right. no, go for Real it. Real quick. We is, got uh, I think we talked about this, but Nick Saban is yeah. um, obviously a mastermind. He's the greatest college football coach that I have ever witnessed in my lifetime. I yeah. know people might make arguments for other cats, but Nick Saban's the guy. I and so. when it came to NIL – he made some comments that, um, you know, it's, it's going to hurt the competitive balance in college football. And it's like, well, Nick, you're already at the top. And he says that as a warning shot because he's going to adapt, and he has. And he's going to ensure that his players have robust NIL opportunities. Yeah. In the same vein, he talked about the transfer portal. And he's like, this is going to hurt high school recruiting because teams are going to go to the portal instead of recruiting high schoolers. And he said that as a warning shot, but mm -hmm. he adapted. And so yeah. here's a guy in Nick Saban that probably doesn't love the changes that are happening in college no. football and understands to a deeper level some of the perils of what can happen. Correct. But he understands how to adapt so his players can have the best opportunities and so his program can stay on top. And I, that's all I ask for anybody is like, yep. do you have to love it? 
No. No. Kayla, do you love every aspect of your job? No, I don't either. No. But we adapt every day and we try to make the best environment we can. Well, that's a great way to look at it as well. I think you're right on with that. And that is what I think makes Nick Saban the ultimate goat when it comes to college football coaches because he has done just that. He has adapted. He is an older man. Believe me, I'm sure he doesn't agree, like you've said, with a lot of things that have happened. I'm sure Mm -hmm. he probably didn't want to turn over to the offense that he turned over to because he's a you know, defensive minded coach. And that's the way that they were playing back, you know, six years ago in the SEC. But guess what? He did it. And guess what? Alabama continues to be on top. And guess what? They continue to win national championships. So, you know, when it's all said and done, if you want to keep your job because you really love it and you want to impact young men in a positive way and you want to help them ensure their future at the next level, then you have to do things that you might not like, period. That's it. That's it. Boom. I mean, that's literally life. Yep, exactly. So I'm glad that we uh, at least are on the same page as Nick Saban. We don't like anything, but at least we Listen, if I can be on the same page as Nick Saban on football things, then I feel like I'm doing good with football things. Oh, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Speaking of, I was talking about, you know, elevating these young men to the next level and helping them find success. A lot of prospects in this uh, year's upcoming NFL draft that is seriously right around the corner. I cannot believe we're like a couple weeks away from the NFL draft. This is nuts. Um, It's going so fast. I'm really excited to see how it all plays out this year. The draft is a cool experience as it is. Um, I've never been. You've never been. And so you didn't get to go to the Cleveland one. No. Even though you're close. You work yeah, I've never time. been. I'm, I'm trying to uh, figure out a way to, to work it into my work schedule, whether it's with Valley or whether it's with Big Ten Network. I think at some point I want to be on location for that. Yeah. I want to share in the joy that those guys get to share, and I know it's just a fun time. It's so fun. I was just thinking back because every year I have memories that pop up on my timeline. And every year around this time in a couple of weeks, I get the memories from when Nashville hosted the NFL draft. And I have to say it was probably one of the most successful drafts that I've seen, how it played out, just the visual aspect of it, the way that things went the entire week, the events that these young men attended and um, just really you got to know a lot of them, uh, even though you never had covered them. It was just a really cool thing. And then, you know, we had the red carpet where we got to, again, interview a lot of those those players, um, prospects that were about to have their lives changed forever. I actually even interviewed Dabo Sweeney, believe it or not, on the red carpet. Did you? Can you believe it? And I made him dance. Oh, God. (laughs) I made him dance. I was like, all right, before you go, I need to see one of your best dance moves. And he did the most ridiculous hand flash thing. You've got to go look it up. It's on my YouTube channel. I put Um, my, I put like, yeah, it's so funny. He's like, does this like hand flash thing. I put him in the most awkward situation, and now to this day, I'm like, great job, Kayla. That was such a great job by you to put him in that situation where he felt so awkward. 
Um, so anyway, it is a great time. I know Joshua was looking this up right now because I'm looking at it right now. I'm pretty sure I put it. What was this? 2019. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. I'm pretty sure I put it up on my YouTube channel. The entire um, uh, whole and like I, I put a whole bunch of interviews into one. And if it's not on that, I'll make sure to get you the link because it is so funny. And um, it's just something that I will not forget because he felt he felt so awkward after that. And I was like, I'm sure he did. I don't care. I don't care who you are. One thing you'll know about me. I don't care who you are. Like you don't intimidate no, you don't. me. Like I don't. I I just don't. Right. Like I'm. I'm. I'm like I don't care. And so I'm gonna just ask what I want to ask. And um, sometimes it's random, and sometimes probably awkward. <laughs> I gotta. Um, uh, but I gotta uh, send you this video. Um, I can't remember. It might have been Texas. This uh, this recruit made. Um, one of the coaches from Texas sing a Justin Bieber song so he, he would commit to the school. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I would yep. love to see that. Sickening. I would love to see, see that's, I'm here for all of that. Uh, I, I mean, but the coach who that. does that, I'm like, bro, I don't know if I want you anymore. Well, okay. Wait. So the coach made the kid sing it. No, the kid made the coach sing it. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. I mean, the kid made the coach sing it? Oh, God. If, uh, I'd be like, I don't know if I can commit to the school anymore. What if he was really good? No, regardless. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Uh, um, so I'll have to send you the link because obviously you can't find it. I need to see it's this. It's probably though. a private link. We'll find that's it, That's hilarious. Oh, um, so... I think we did this last year, but we pretty much counted down to the draft and each week we would kind of share one of our prospects that we like. Um, sometimes they have great stories. Sometimes it's just somebody that has stuck out to us. And so we're going to do that starting today, this week. So Joshua, um, I'm going to let you go first and tell me a little bit about who you're looking at in this upcoming draft. Yep. So I picked um, kind of a low hanging fruit prospect, but he is a really intriguing prospect, though, once you actually dive into his skill set. Mm -hmm. But it's Jordan Davis, uh, the defensive tackle from Georgia. And yeah. people have seen the highlights of him. This dude is a monster on the football field, integral part to Georgia's defense and how successful and good they were this year. Um, he's six foot six. 341 pounds. Oof. He ran a 4.78 in the 40. He has a 32-inch vertical. He had a 10-foot three broad jump. The dude is a freak just in terms of how athletic he is at his size. And you watch his game. Obviously, you mentioned he's a massive human. Um, this dude understands um, just how to like break through blocks. Like he's not a guy you're going to single block. He understands how to split a double team. His hands and his feet move well together. Um, just everything you would want in the run game. But he has like zero pass rush ability. Um, doesn't have a good pass rush tree. Is not a twitchy athlete. Um, is, I, I don't want to call him stiff, but moves a little bit rigid. He has trouble with leverage because he's so tall. Um, and that's like the biggest knock on him. But as you look at this guy, He's going to be a zero to a three technique in the NFL. Um, he's going to be damn near unblockable in the run game. 
He's going to be able to penetrate through anybody's offensive line. And if he can commit to memory, muscle memory, two to three legitimate pass rush moves. So, you know, a, a side swipe where he's trying to capture the edge of yeah. the center of the guard that he's rushing on, an inside counter move to that, and then maybe just like a straight power rush where he can get up under somebody where he knows it's yeah. passing down, driving back into the quarterback. This dude is going to be an absolute monster for years to come in the league. But I think he's he's just – it's super intriguing because you don't find a guy of his size that can move the way that he does um, that's as explosive and powerful as he is. Um, but he's got like a huge missing link to his game that if somebody can coach it into him, he might be like the steal of the draft. And I say a steal. He's going to be a first-round pick. Um, but like if, if somebody can teach him how to pass rush, it's going to be game over. Okay, so with that – because you got to go somewhere that's willing to maybe put a little more in to get that player to that spot. What's a good fit for him? I couldn't even tell you. I honestly, like, I think anybody who needs interior D line is going to take him um, Mm -hmm. just because he's going to provide you that much in the run game. Um, In terms of somebody who's going to be able to teach him pass rush. Like if you're coaching um, in the NFL and you are a, uh, a D-line coach, mm-hmm. you should be able to get this cat to learn through three moves, two to three yeah. legitimate moves. Um, one mock draft has him going to Baltimore at 14. Okay, that was one of the places that I was going to mention. Yeah, and they've got a, a history, obviously, with the way that they coach yep. the defense. Yep. Um, let me let me look at some of these other mock drafts real quick just to see what they have. Somebody has him going um, – to the Texans at okay. 15. Okay. That looks like the popular pick. And then there's another mock draft on the same website that does not have him in the first round at all. And I think that leans kind of into what some people think yeah. of him as um, an overall prospect. But the consensus is that he's probably a day one pick. Okay. Uh, but he's got a big hole in his game. Yeah. And like you said, though, he did go to Georgia like he's clearly played with a with with a really good defensive team there. Um, Mm -hmm. It sounds like he's willing to do whatever to learn how to fill that hole. So um, hopefully, uh, hopefully he'll get picked in the first round. If not, though, man, you can get a gem in the second. You're looking for a guy like that. Right. So here's and I've talked I've talked about this with you before. Because, you know, there's there's drafting need yes, and then there's yes. drafting best yep. available. I, yes. And so yeah. if if he drops into the second round, like, and I'm, I'm looking at my draft board, it's probably a best available at that point if he's still on there. Yep. Um, I'm scooping that cat up. Yeah, no doubt. Um, okay, I'm going to keep that guy in mind. I, this is what I also love about this podcast because I learned from you too um, during this leading up to the draft because, you know, we just – we hear so many of these guys but we don't know a ton about them as the titans prepare obviously for their draft class and so where are um, they going in the first round yeah so that's what i was just going to talk about because a lot of my um you know diving into the the draft has been focused on 
the offensive side of the ball. A lot of the times the Titans tend to go defense in the first round. At least they have, um, you know, minus Isaiah Wilson, who was a bust. You know, they went with Jeff Simmons, big Jeff. And then um, last year they went with Caleb Farley, the cornerback out of Va Tech. Uh, This year, I do truly believe that they're going to try to go wide receiver. They need to go wide receiver. For the sheer fact that they need somebody else other than A.J. Brown, who, mind you, we don't even know. I'm pretty sure he's not going anywhere, but he has been on a lot of people's uh, trade list in terms of possibly being traded. That's Um, interesting. Very interesting. The Jets have stirred up a lot of that, what I think is a lot of nonsense. Mike Vrabel went on the Rich Eisen show last week and said, as long as I'm the head coach, that is not happening. But then again, I don't believe anybody in the business because anything can happen at any point. So I believe they need to, to get a wide receiver, even having AJ, he's your number one, but they did get Robert Woods um, from LA. Love him, by the way, he did a press conference. He was just wonderful. What an ultimate pro, Um, but he is recovering from a a torn ACL. He -hmm. is a little older, about to Mm -hmm. turn 30. And so you got to have some fresh blood in the group. And I think going um, at 26 overall. 26. Yeah, I think you got to take a wide receiver. Or if you feel gutsy, trade down and maybe still get a good wide receiver. Okay, um, so. Because they don't have a second round pick, right? That to me might be the call. Yeah. Um, They will get a very good wide receiver in the second round. I think so too. Picking at 26, also a guy that I personally like a ton, if he's on the board at 26, which I think he will be, is Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. Yes, and we just talked about him yesterday on our show. That's funny you said that. And why do you, before I say, before I say my draft uh, prospect, which I don't, I don't necessarily think the Titans are going to get, I just really like him. I want to actually hear your thoughts on him because we just spoke about him the other day. Yep, so I've got to uh, watch him cover Jahan Dotson for a few years in the Big Ten. Um, he So the biggest knock on him is his size. He weighed in at like yes. 178 Tiny. pounds at the Combine. So people are going to worry about durability. Can he handle the NFL game? Yep. He's a wide receiver who can be effective at all three levels of the field. Yep. He, he doesn't attack the middle of the field like the post per se, okay. but he is a legitimate deep threat. Um, he is very good when it comes to the 50-50 ball. Dude's got range to go up nice. and get it. I like that. And um, he's a great catch and run receiver too. He's he's slippery. Okay. So a lot of times the first defender isn't going to tackle him and he's shifty enough that he can make a cat miss. Yeah. The other thing that you get with him is you can use him on special teams because he's a very good punt returner. Um, and so oh, – That's helpful. Yeah, no, he's a he's a prospect that I really like. Um, I just I like the kid just in general. Um, yeah. I think he's a solid guy. I think he's a really good football player. But um, if I'm picking, you know, if I'm picking in the 20s and I need a receiver, like I don't think it's over drafting him if you go out and get him. I think he's absolutely a first round talent. Some people might not see it like that, but sure. like he is a very very good player. Yeah, no, that's, I'm glad that you gave your analysis on that because I know that is somebody that has been brought to the table in terms of the Titans having interest in a lot of, there was a couple, at least mock drafts that I've seen that have him going to the Titans. So 
uh, that's an interesting thought there. I really, and maybe this is my infatuation with Arkansas football the past couple of years because I just love their head coach and I always like feel like they're an underdog. So I root for like athletes that come out of Arkansas for some bizarre reason. But I really love the game of Traylon Burks. Um, he's just kind of like a AJ Brown type mm-hmm. of physical wide receiver. Is he great? Maybe not. Not yet. He's really good though. Um, I mean, look, this guy, like I said, he can have yards after catch. He is a physical dude. Uh, he's not the fastest guy. So I think if you're looking for a burner, this is yeah. definitely not the guy for you. But yeah. I feel like, you know, from what I've seen, at least this past year, I really watched a lot of uh SEC football, obviously, and caught some Arkansas games. I liked what I saw out of him. He's kind of being compared to like a Amari Cooper or a Brandon Cooks. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I also saw, I was reading something, Joshua, that a lot of these like wideouts, they can also use them as like like a Debo Samuel effect where they can yep. use them. And I think that people think maybe Burks could be that type of guy. So he provides uh exceptional size for the position just yeah. a, a bigger built dude yeah he's a smooth runner not necessarily like you said not the fastest guy yep he's extremely smooth he's a guy who you're going to use as a uh he can track a deep ball yes um he can go get the 50 50 ball um where he's going to struggle is he's not a willing blocker, which isn't a that's, huge deal because some of these cats aren't. That's why the Titans um, probably won't want him because they and want. And you know how Graves yeah. is. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then the other thing is like he's not the smoothest in and out of breaks, so his routes are a little unrefined. Okay. I'm a big fan of him though as a prospect. Um, if you're a team that is looking for a bigger wideout, like 100%, he's the guy. That, well, not 100% because Drake London is like the big wideout of yeah, this he, class, but yeah. Is that USC, is, right? Yeah, but this is the other guy that you're looking at. Yep, I agree. And I, I, I don't think it's a – honestly, I don't think it's a fit for the Titans. Um, I, I don't think that's exactly what they need. I mean, they've already got an A.J. Brown, you know, and I just mm-hmm. think they need somebody who is a little quicker, um, you know, maybe who could go down there, like you said, um, catch that 50-50 ball. Um, so – this is probably not the fit for them, but I do think he'll be a first round pick. Um, But again, we saw some of those really good wide receivers in that draft in 2019. Um, The AJ Browns, the DK Metcalf. I mean, a lot of, I think Elijah Moore, a lot of those guys didn't even go to the second round. Yeah. And that's what this class could be. I mean, it's, it's a deep wide receiver class. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. So we will be, like I said, leading up to the draft, we'll be giving, we'll probably just give a couple guys since we just Mm -hmm. did that today. I mean, the more the merrier in my eyes. So hopefully you guys uh, enjoy that as we get closer. Joshua, did you say you could perhaps go to this draft? Like not this one. Not this one. Okay. Okay. No, but down the line, but down the line. All right. Well, yeah. I was going to say, because this one, I would say, I, I'm not a big Vegas fan necessarily, but it would be kind of cool to go for a couple days. Uh, it would be great. Usually, you know, you would think if we covered the Titans, we'd be going, but we're not. So, 
you know, mm. you can't taste my bitterness at all. Interesting. <laughs> anyway, we appreciate you guys tuning in, <laughs> tuning in and um, hopefully you got something out of this episode of Press Pass. We will be back next week. But before then, Joshua, where can they go to find you on the almighty social media platforms? You can go to Instagram and Twitter at RIP underscore JEP, and you can find me right there. And on the rally on Valley. I just like That's saying right. that. It just, I know. It's just the rhyming makes me happy. And you can find me on BTN calling BT- Ohio State Spring Game this Yes, week, so. boom. And please, please, uh, if you are in Columbus or if you have BTN, tune in to Joshua doing his first ever spring game. I'm actually going to try to do just that because I'll be in the office slaying away. So I'll have you in the background and I'll rate how you did. How about that? Please. Feedback is welcome. (laughs) You can find me at Kaylee Anderson TV on Twitter and Instagram. We appreciate you guys and we will be back here next week. Take care.